Welcome back to the Lunar and Obsidian Podcast. I'm Andrea, the Untamed Dame, and I am your host and your scald, the Nordic storyteller of these badass stories. And I am super pumped. This week, I have been lit up. My mentor that I've been working with, Danny Wright, that witch next door, I have been I want to say about on a year journey with her going through the transition of my company. We were focused on the mission statement for Lunar and Obsidian. I've been working on that. It feels like forever. And I asked her in our very last mentoring session for the time being is, can we do some synergistic magic? Can we play at our magic that day? And can we just get get some fire lit? for some intuitive messages and I was completely fucking blown away. Danny even said herself that this is one of the best mentoring sessions she's ever had and she's been doing this for quite some time and working with quite a few people. So the honor was all mine as as much as it was all hers. (laughs) We were able to, with the main focus of not just the mission statement, but the culture, the community and the offerings, the benefits to the people that would be involved, who it's for, all of those questions. And so I spent part of yesterday in our mentoring session and part of today also doing some reflecting. I was so shocked in disbelief, in amazement, in awe. Wildly enough, intuitively, as we opened this circle, she asked who I want to channel or who I want to invite into the strength and the interlacing of the foundation of Lunar and Obsidian. And that is Hades, Persephone, his wife, and the goddess Hell from Helheim. So... You guys know this is not just going to be dark. It's actually going to be just this mainly if I could actually just describe two words, it will be primal magic is infused into lunar and obsidian and you guys will get to experience it yourselves. So, you know, I feel like I'm just going to get a little wild, even though I'm a little nervous still speaking in front of or behind whatever the mic And sharing things kind of more or less in real time as the evolution of Lunar and Obsidian takes place. What I got to experience was so insane. You could ask Danny. My face turned red. My eyes started welling during this session. It was incredibly powerful. It was incredibly intense. And there was a bunch of messages that came through. But... One of the things that I really want to showcase here, over time it'll make sense as it unfolds, but I'm just going to give you snippets of information. As of right now, one of the things that I want Lunar and Obsidian to showcase and embody is showing others that they can be self-sustainable. I'm not talking about like not going to the grocery store and harvesting all your animals, which hey, if that's what you do, fuck yeah, more power to you. I'm talking about internal trust. I'm talking about feeling like you are the biggest badass on the planet. And if everybody feels like they're the biggest badass on the planet, you get to walk around with that much swagger. You get to walk around feeling empowered. That internal trust, even if you don't have all the skill sets to handle every possible potential situation out there, 
over time, when you develop that internal trust muscle, you start to feel even more invincible. Uh, the word that came to Danny was impervious. The word I had for my North Star last year was actually Invictus. And one of the things I could fucking tell you is exactly what Danny and I were talking about yesterday. And this is exactly what I did last year. And I'm making this even more of a connection. Last year, I was able to literally release either relationships, habits, things that I felt like weren't serving me to be the best version of myself. And from there, I'm not saying my world got smaller. It's the gems that were left behind were that much shinier and that much bigger. The way that I know how to experience that internal trust, feeling that raw internal primal power within, no one can fucking give that to you. I mean, people can be your like little cheerleader, cheerleading squad, fuck yeah. But I mean, it feels good. But when you experience that internally, no alcohol, marijuana, you name it, nothing as good as filling your own fucking power. I don't care what anybody says. I'm gonna pause it here because I do enjoy being more connectable as your host. Just kind of let you know like what's going on in my life, the evolution of the company, all of that stuff, but I don't want it to be completely dominating the podcast too. So I will put a period in this section and then there will be a continuation next week at the beginning of that episode. So let's get into it. Woo! Today we're going to talk about the great outdoors. Get out of town! And I mean quite literally. So let me come at you with the triple S. Fun fucking facts about the outdoors. Okay, so the University of Exeter in 2020 did a study on 20,000 people spending time in the outdoors. The results they found were rather interesting. People that did not reach the two-hour threshold reaped zero benefits. The individuals that spent two hours a week in, quote, green spaces, such as parks or natural environments, had notable benefits in good health and psychological well-being. That's interesting. Hitting y'all with another fun fucking fact reported by the University of Yale. I read that, of course, some of us knew this, Scandinavians have been known to be some of the happiest people on earth. So we know that they're the farthest north and they experience colder weather, longer winter, and have less sunlight. But how exactly are they considered to be the happiest people on earth if they're living that far north with less sunlight? Here's what they do. There are peoples more connected to primitive and cyclic lifestyles. For example, there's been a long tradition of Scandinavians being known for forest schools for their children. Since 2012, the forest school concept exploded here in the U.S. by 500%. Why is that even important? It's teaching children about how to navigate the outdoors because modern day society is heavily, mark my words, missed the mark. And what this does is this uplifts their cognitive function during lessons. It eases ADHD symptoms and helps kids focus. I pose a very important question. Do you remember the very first time you were outdoors and when your little heart was set on fire, whether it was feeling like this 
kid full of excitement where there's like, hey, I get to look at this stick and that rock and this stick. And it's so fascinating, even though it's the simplest of things. Or whether it was hiking, hunting, fishing, what was your most prominent moment that made you connected to the outdoors? Have you even had one? For me, that was several years ago. Um, My husband and I, we were driving, intended to drive about an hour or so out of town just to be able to get away. Uh, I had some drinks the night before. My brain was scrambly and not feeling so hot. So I'm like, you know, I feel like I'm going to get a little refuge in the outdoors. And one hour led to two, which led to three, which landed us straight to Stanley, Idaho, one of the most beautiful places I have ever been to. And so a little backstory for me as to why this moment was so special and has landed with me anytime someone's like, why do you enjoy being in the outdoors? This is the moment. So in my childhood, I experienced a lot of abuse and trauma, which maybe one day I do have intentions of sharing. I just don't know how much detail and when I'm gonna do it. But just for context, uh, I, as a child, felt very disconnected from actually feeling like a child due to some of my experiences and that lingered all the way up until my adulthood. So there was a huge fractured part of me that just had felt so disconnected over the years and being in Stanley staring at the sawtooths, looking at the ridgeline and for whatever reason, I don't know if it was the air, the visual, all senses engaged, I'm not entirely sure. But what I can tell you is I felt part of that fragmented, fractured soul get melded together and I felt peace for the very first time in my entire life. So I wanted to, I wanted more. I wanted, I craved more. I wanted more. I wanted to be in it. I wanted to be around it. I wanted to recreate in it. And I just couldn't get enough of this incredible feeling that I hadn't experienced until that point in time in my life. I do believe modern day society has been a hindering factor in the element of us all being grown adults and not being able to tap into this kid-like feeling that we do have within all of us. I could tell you so many adults that I have seen, as soon as they go in the outdoors, you can see that they're energetically feeling lighter and super stoked and excited and it promoted them to be more connected within themselves, but also others around them. So I'm inviting you, if you are a busy human like myself, to actually start getting outdoors more often, whether it's literally to disconnect from your to-dos or it's to tap into feeling like this little child that just needs to skip around and also look like a dog or a kid like, oh, this stick and that rock and it's so fascinating. And it's like the simplest things, like I just said, is what brings you joy. And that should be the true essence of life, not constantly checking off your to-do list where you're just a slave to the busyness and the hustle and bustle of life. Not to mention... In my humble opinion, I believe you can learn so much more of who the fuck you are when you go outdoors. You can do, you can hike, you can climb. So let me tell you this. My favorite sports in the outdoors is rock climbing, trail running, ice climbing, and peak bagging, also known as a branch offshoot, if you will, of mountaineering. These things are not considered safe 
sports. However, we can still do them safely. You can still tap into this kid-like fun. You can also check the box of having this abundant kid-like joy playing in the outdoors like a kid, but then also have the hat of this adult of, I'm going to do this safely. And so you can keep doing it. So the intention isn't to always be an adrenaline junkie. I will tell you, I'm a huge one. However, I love doing these quote unquote dangerous sports, but with safety in mind as the adult hat and then going, I know what I'm doing. I know how to rely on the safety. I know how to take care of injuries, X, Y, Z. Now let's act like this kid. So what you can do with with yourself is like another example is me rock climbing. So I'm rock climbing and I'm 40 plus feet up in the air and I'm reaching for this hold, that hold, and I'm getting frustrated because either I'm getting a little tired or there's a maneuver that I'm just not seeing. And my brain's in this puzzly mindset of like, where's my next move, but I'm struggling to get there. And then what do you do? Do you let your brain downward spiral into, I can't do this, I'm not strong enough, I'm getting tired. And then it becomes this ripple effect of, I'm never gonna make it and now I'm scared to death. Or do you pause? Do you pause and sit with it? So that's exactly what I do because I refuse to be defeated by fear. With my Belair, I'll ask them or tell them, take. They tighten up the rope and then I just get a chance to sit in the harness. And then what I do is I start breathing. I acknowledge, I'm like, okay, I'm 40 feet in the air. It could be considered scary, but I'm learning and I am trusting my gear. I'm trusting my belayer. I'm trusting my skill. I'm just at the crux point of this climb. I can overcome it. And that's when you get to know what is it that you're the most afraid of or what is it that you feel like you can't overcome or is a limiting factor. I invite myself and you whether it's literally being 40 feet on the wall climbing or hiking or whatever sport or recreational thing you enjoy doing, I'm inviting you to go inward and learn what is it that is a quote unquote limiting factor? Is it something that you're afraid of? Is there a skill that you don't feel like is strong enough for you in this moment? Acknowledge it, breathe into it, get your breath work in, and then from there, release it and then go after it, continue. So then I would tell my husband or my belayer, climbing, and then they know, okay, good, climb on. And then I've overcame that moment and I built confidence within myself. And then I'm reinforcing that I've got this, I can do this, I can keep soaring new heights and I can see that I can do anything beyond what would be deemed a limiting factor. So as a former Well, I shall say a native Floridian. I was born and raised in Florida until I enlisted and went into the Marine Corps. Either way, I ended up moving to the most insanely beautiful and awesome state in the U.S. that I've visited so far, and that's here in Idaho. And uh, my lovely husband brought me here, and I am so grateful to be here because I get to experience all four seasons. And I'm not just limited on being able to do a couple of sports. So I embrace the season for the time that it's in and what I can do. And I can hone in on those skills and sharpen those skills. And it never gets boring. It's so exciting. There's snowboarding, there's ice climbing, there's cross-country skiing, there's 
um, literal rock climbing. There's peak bagging, also known as like a branch of the mountaineering that I had mentioned. There is there are water sports. There are you can chill on the river. You can fish. You can hunt. You can literally do almost anything other than chill on a beach. That's one of the beauties about living here in Idaho is as I'm constantly able to set my own soul free. I'm able to tap into this kid-like energy that I hadn't been able to do. And I get to just go explore and spend time with my dog, spend time with friends. I get to spend time with my husband. Fortunately, I have met some of the most fun, fascinating, and cool people on the planet. My friends, Grayson and Chelsea, they're ice climbers, rock climbers, and I have learned so much from them, and I love seeing them kick ass. Uh, there was one time we were climbing Mount Hinman, one of the nine, 12,000 foot peaks and above here in the state of Idaho, and there's a gal that she was climbing with us, and as we're on this lovely boulder slash scree field, this gal, Sean, that's more of an experienced climber, a very competent one, a very confident one, all of a sudden felt the most incredible sensation of fear. And her man had her. He was being very compassionate in that moment, just not overly like, you got this, you got this, you got this. He was giving her space to let that fear out. And then gave her those words of encouragement that you can do it and that you can move past this. And she sure as fuck did. And it was literally the most intense version of what I had seen so far as fear breaking of it being almost borderline crippling. And then watching this girl go, this shit is not going to defeat me. I'm going to kick this mountain's ass. And she summited it in pretty quick time. And it was so incredible. And so that observing that I felt more connected to her from that uh, human element of naturally having the sensation of fear. We were at 11,000 plus feet at that point in time. And so you can learn other skills from people. You can learn how they navigate through these fearful situations and how to thrive and how they become less fearful over time. That's why I think being in the outdoors is so incredible. And so once again, you're invited to go and do this for yourself. You are being called to go in the outdoors, to connect to that big kid that resides within you, to disconnect from those to-dos, to connect with friends, and to live life a lot more fully than this concrete bullshit jungle that we have been limited to be in. All right, I'm going to ruffle some feathers on this one, but somebody's got to say it. There's a Norwegian proverb. There is no such thing as bad weather, only bad clothes. With Actually, with so much advancement in technology with clothing nowadays, there is no reason to be a fair weather rider. How about that food for thought? Okay, I hope you got something good out of this. I hope you enjoyed it, and I will catch you next week.